Cliffcentral.com, how y'all doing? It's Zim Conversations, yet another amazing edition. We have a phenomenal individual uh, in the in the studio today. Unfortunately, it's just me, your boy, KF. Um, Trevor Ngube, former teacher, executive editor of the Financial Gazette, and currently the owner of the Maiden Garden Media Group, South Africa, and AMH Zimbabwe, Mr. Ngube. Thank you so much for being on the show, Miriraitere. At Truk Farasus, thank you very much for having me. Mr. Ngube, just for those people who don't know, who are not too well, too well versed with, you know, uh, your operations and where you started, can you give us a short rundown of your career from teaching to now owning uh, numerous publications? Wow, that's a long um, um, time to cover. Um, it, it's been a very exciting uh, life, exciting career, and a very blessed one indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, started off um, uh, by accident, really, uh, some people would say, but I think that's the path that God had created for me. I mm-hmm. got into um, uh, to do a part-time television program, oh, okay. uh, Zimbabwe Broadcasting Corporation, and it has, it was whilst I was doing that very successful prime time uh, mm-hmm. television program that the proprietors of, uh, the financial gazette spotted me. So they headhunted me and, um, uh, cut a long story short, they offered me a job. Um, whilst I was at that time a teaching assistant at the University of Zimbabwe, I, okay. f- I finished my Bachelor of Arts. Then I, d- I was doing research for an MPhil, DPhil. Okay. Um, so whilst I was doing that, this is when they, they spotted me doing this uh, television uh, program. And then uh, I, I joined the Financial Gazette as assistant editor. I was uh, in that position for about five, uh, two years. Okay. Then I became um, uh, editor, in, editor, and then I became executive editor. That was in 1991. So, yeah, so I was basically seven years uh, wow. at the Financial Gazette. By the time I ended, I was on the board, and uh, I was uh, um, ed- executive editor. Um, uh, I think it's important to for your listeners to appreciate the fact that uh, I, I got into journalism. I, I was never trained as a journalist. Okay. I never went to school as mm-hmm. a journalist. Uh, so I learned journalism on uh, on the ground, on, on the job, mm-hmm. as it were. And then, um, fortunately, unfortunately, I got fired um, in <laughs> nineteen. Um, um, I think it's nineteen ninety four, ninety five. What prompted that? Uh, what prompted that, Mister Um The Financial Gazette that I was editing, we ran a story, uh, a Reuters story about uh, President Robert Mugabe flying to Lesotho and uh, his pilot doing something to try and um, land before uh, the other uh, aircraft that was in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it was a story that was taken very uh, negatively by um, State House. And um, uh, the next morning, there were headlines all over the place, you know, that my proprietors exactly. fired me yeah. and the proprietors fired me. And I was without a job for uh, three months. I uh, scratched around trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. and um, looking for a job. I came to South Africa looking for a job. Um, I put in an application at the Mail and Garden. They declined me. I applied to the Sunday Times. <laughs> uh, I was interviewed a couple of times. I thought the job was ca- would come, but the, the job never came. And then I went back home. Um, and then I figured out, you know, what do you do? I've got rent to pay. I've got a family to take exactly. care of. Yeah. I started looking around for people that would want to get into, uh, publishing newspapers. And I, you know, I, I had, I picked up the word in the market that, uh, uh, the, the 
guys who used to own the Financial Gazette were in the market uh, trying to start something. So we got together and uh, we launched uh, the Zimbabwe Independent in 1995. Okay. And um, we have never looked back since then. Was, wow. That's, yeah. that's an amazing story, especially <laughs> considering that you said you were declined at the Mail and Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think, okay, they are, you know, this is the, the background information to everything that's currently going on. But I think, um, of course, with media and with the situation that's in Zimbabwe, the elephant that's in the room, uh, let's look at the obstacles that um, people like yourself, individuals, not just journalists, but also the owners of, of, of publishing houses in Zimbabwe face currently. Wow. It's, it's, um, it's been a, a very sad turn of events, you know. Uh, given where we started off uh, 1995, you mm-hmm. know, very profitable operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started with one newspaper with 14 people and uh, 14, 16 years down the line, 16 years down the line, we were employing over, over 400 people, uh, with four, mm-hmm. four, four titles, four newspapers, the Zimbabwe Independent, the Standard, uh, Newsday and, uh, the, the Southern Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen, even during those 16 years, the environment in Zimbabwe for media, for journalists, for proprietors has always been very hostile mm-hmm. because we've had a, uh, our government is very intolerant to, uh, different points, points of view. Oh, exactly. Our government <clears throat> is very critical, uh, mm-hmm. and intolerant to, crit- to criticism. So criticism, uh, immediately defined you as an enemy of the state. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have seen, you know, journalists being arrested, mm-hmm. journalists being tortured, people like uh, Mark Chavundu was tortured, um, you know, for almost a week. Um, I mean, I'm, we've, we've lost count of how many, mm-hmm. uh, journalists have been arrested and, um, licenses being retracted. I'm not too sure what that organization was called that was run by Mahofa. Um, that's Mahoso. The, yeah, Mahoso. Yeah, he's still, he's, I think he's still the chairman of, uh, the media, uh, and information, uh, something, something. Yeah, something. MIC commission, I think, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they're still there and they're wielding tremendous power and I think to a very large extent, uh, uh, directed to those people that are perceived to be, uh, against the government. Mm-hmm. The economic situation is, is pretty bad. Um, and, and as a result, both the economic situation and the political situation, the repression, uh, the media laws that are pretty repressive, mm-hmm. the, the political environment that's intolerant to criticism, the economic environment that has led to economic collapse and mm-hmm. uh, hyperinflation and then introduction, introduction of the US dollar has seen talent move out of Zimbabwe. So exactly. it's difficult to yeah. get, uh, good people, good talent is moved mm-hmm. out of Zimbabwe. The people that are left, you know, are people that are really committed to being, mm-hmm. to being back home in Zim or have no, have no other, other option. options mm-hmm. uh, to, to go to. Um, and, um, the, 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 the economics of operating in Zimbabwe has very, become very difficult. You know, um, you, you know, people don't have money to buy newspapers. Newspapers mm-hmm. are perceived as a luxury on the advertising side. Advertisers too don't have money to, to exactly. advertise. Yeah. And it's a very tight environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen all around, uh, it's difficult at the moment in Zimbabwe to find anybody, people, who are paid on time, uh, we have, uh, oper- you know, companies that have not paid salaries for six months, exactly. companies that have, yeah. paid, have not paid salaries for a year and, and, and so forth. So it's a very tough uh, economic environment. And uh, uh, at some point, you, you wonder how long this is going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many publications do you still have in the country at this point in time? We have three <coughs> publications. Um, uh, we have four, rather. The, okay. the, the, thir- the fourth one is, is an online-only publication, and that's uh, Southern Eye. Okay. We have a business publication called the Zimbabwe Independent, which is basically our first product, and then we've got the sun, our Sunday newspaper, the Standard, and then we've got our, uh, which, which at the moment is our flagship, which is uh, 
Newsday. Newsday, yeah. yeah. And how are they performing? It's it's um, tough. We're holding our own, um, you know, keeping head above water under very difficult uh, economic circumstances. Um, we're backing like everybody else to mm-hmm. uh, to be able to pay our bills, uh, to pay our staff. Staff, um, exactly. It's, I mean, the government mm-hmm. is backing to pay to pay staff and that kind of stuff. So we are in this, that kind of environment. You know, it's not easy to. So the the, the thing in Zimbabwe at the present moment is that management is focused on debt collection. Um, people don't have money to pay you. So yeah. you, you've got to be looking around for who owes me and who can pay. Exactly. Who's on, most people are on 190 days. Some people are even on more than 190 days. Understand the situation that this is a, an, an environment where companies are closing down almost every day. Exactly. Liquidations are taking place almost mm. every day. So you find in your book, you're sitting with people that uh, advertised with you, that did business with you, that are no longer in existence. Exactly. So uh, where are you going to get your money exactly. from? Exactly. So it's a very tough uh, environment. Mm. Yeah. But then the, now the problem, uh, Mr. Ngobe, is that if you do because of the economic situation, you know, the whole situation in Zimbabwe itself, uh, the Herald has a monopoly. Yeah. And if the few players that are there to give a more objective view of, you know, the, the, the state of the nation, mm. if you were to phase out, where do you think the country would stand in terms of media? Mm. Well, I, I think <clears throat> a minor correction there. I think um, consumption of media in Zimbabwe is, is, has been fascinating because we've seen with the introduction of uh, uh, ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, the daily news and other online publications. I, I think I would want to argue that, uh, the statistics would show that, uh, the, the, the Zim papers don't have the kind of monopoly that we think they have. Okay. Uh, people have a choice. People, uh, are, are, are now reading online. They're now reading the independent publications that mm-hmm. are there, daily news, ourselves. Exactly. And, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and that is as it should be. Uh, people should be given the choice to decide what to read mm-hmm. and not be forced to read the stuff that the government thinks is appropriate or, or proper for them to read. So it would be sad, a sad situation where we see the gains that we have seen in terms of uh, media plurality being affected by either politics or, or economics. It's important, I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that um, – you know, for a developing society, a free media is, is, is very important because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's the conversations that take place in society. Exactly. Helped by what's taking, what, what, what the media is publishing mm-hmm. that helps, uh, the emergence of good ideas. I usually talk about a marketplace of ideas. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a marketplace of ideas where there's one, uh, predominant viewpoint mm-hmm. and there's repression and, and of any other sorts of thinking. You can't exactly. have. So, you know, the, the, the societies that, su- that succeed tend to be societies where there's a vibrant marketplace of ideas and the, the, the ideas sharpen each other and the best ideas emerge. And those best ideas are the ones that then drive economic growth and prosperity. Um, speaking of which, we look at a lot of these um, laws that have been passed by our government. I think IPA was one that really did affect uh, the media community yeah. in, in the country. Now they're looking at uh, the new one. Um, Alex Magaisa was reviewing it on on social media, the Cyber Terrorism Act. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you see that going? <laughs> um, they're calling the social media bill, um, <laughs> which is again. Um, so why are they coming up with the social media bill? Um, this is the same government which has been uh, ridiculing social media as a force mm-hmm. for activism. Yes. Anzi Mugabab is getting WhatsApp. Exactly. <laughs> but what we're seeing now is this is an admission that social media has become a force for change. In exactly. Uh, I think particularly if you consider that um, um, mobile 
penetration in Zimbabwe is in excess of 95%. Uh, internet penetration is around, around about 48%. And um, uh, of that, um, 35% is accounted for by WhatsApp usage. Wow. So WhatsApp usage is, is pretty high. So the government, which, usually, which thought that ZBC and Zimpapers control the narrative, are finding that ZBC and Zimpapers are marginalized, mm-hmm. that the narrative is actually being shaped on social media. So this is the knee-jerk reaction, control type of reaction that mm-hmm. we've always known from ZANU-PF. They, they can't deal with the a new phenomenon. They can't do <laughs> exactly. new things. They what fail they to adapt. To, and, you know, yeah. They can't. Mm. They can't innovate. So what they're <clears> doing <throat> is control. Mm-hmm. So they're wanting to control social media and uh, bringing in this element that they, 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 there's, there's social media terrorists. Uh, you know, mm. uh, this, this, So they're using the language of the Americans and dealing with terrorists as a way of dealing with uh, uh, a very vibrant conversation that is exactly. taking place about governance. Issues. Amongst citizens. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, whether they will win or not, I don't know. Um, but I, I doubt that they be able to um to uh you know intimidate people to harass people to stop uh, expressing their views it's essentially an attempt to clamp down on the vibrant uh, conversation that is taking place around issues of uh, justice issues of poverty and issues of, of repression exactly and and i think it's very unfortunate we've spoken about this a lot on the show that our our neighbors have really failed to step in where it's important We've seen in uh, in the past uh, couple of months A lot of police brutality There have been videos going around on social media There have been uh, photographs There have been people coming out with their own testimonies To say I'm a victim uh, I remember back um, At some point in time here in South Africa The SABC uh, blacklisted <laughs> You amongst others As critics of Mugabe How did that all shape out? Where did that, where did that come from? Well, you know, but to, to your point about um, our neighbors having stepped out, I have, I, I now hold the view that, uh, you know, the struggle that we face in Zimbabwe, because it's a struggle, let's face it. We mm-hmm. face a struggle of um, a 92-year-old who's been in power for 36 years exactly. and doesn't want to let go. And a few people around him are corrupt and want him, are using him for, for, mm-hmm. for, uh, to perpetuate their corrupt activities. And, uh, uh, I think it's important for us to realize that struggle is ours mm-hmm. as Zimbabweans first and foremost. Yes, true. This notion that uh, Sadak owes us uh, a living, we, not, we need to disabuse ourselves mm-hmm. of that. The notion that the EU and the Americans ought to jump in and help us, mm-hmm. that, that, that we need to disabuse of the, ourselves of that notion. We need to realize that it's up to us as Zimbabweans to fight the struggle um, of liberating ourselves from an oppressive regime. It's Very fun, true, fundamentally yes. important. Um, if neighbors do come in and, and offer help on the back of what we've been able to do, and remember, this fight is a peaceful fight. Mm-hmm. It's us speaking up, uh, you know, against the repression that we're facing, speaking up against the injustice, speaking up against them. Um, the corruption that we're experiencing in Zimbabwe is a non-violent uh, but social... But I think the problem now comes up where most people are used to being, um, are used to the repression. They're used to security services being used to make them to keep quiet. So I think the international community, or let's just talk of our immediate neighbors, yeah. Sadek coming in, is where people are saying, you know what, the minute I speak, I'll either be arrested, disappear, or you know, something is going to happen to me and... I think there's fear. Fear has been instilled in us from the late 1980s, Gukura Hundi, and all the way through, you know, the 1990s and now the 2000s. 
And I think that's where most people would want to then say, okay, are we going to get anywhere uh, by peacefully protesting against a, a regime that's obviously very violent and militant? You, you can't fight <clears throat> violence with violence. With violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't fight a violent regime with violence. I mean, what what do you do? I mean, mm-hmm. they are armed to the teeth. Mm-hmm. They've uh, just bought uh, uh, new Israel Israeli um, uh, water cannons and, and, oh, and soft wow. and tear gas. <laughs> so they're armed to the teeth. So you're not going to uh, fight the struggle through violent means. Mm-hmm. We have to be a bit sophisticated, and and by that I mean we 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 have to, in a peaceful manner, state our position. And I think if we do that, we will um, make make progress. Um, people like Mahatma Gandhi, mm-hmm. you know, made progress in India, mm-hmm. you know, using nonviolent means. Mm-hmm. People like uh, Martin Luther King, King exactly, you know, employed uh, nonviolent uh, forms of protest as a way of uh, uh, exposing the kind of repression, the kind of uh, racism that was that was uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, practiced in the, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we can win that. It's important to admit that. Um, Yes, we, we, we have this fear mm-hmm. that has been ingrained in us as a society over the past 30, 36 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no lying that, uh, you know, the Robert Mugabe regime is perhaps one of the most brutal, um, in, 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 in on, on, the, on the continent. I, I stand to be corrected, but they, I mean, our president has boasted about the degrees of violence, in violence that he has. <laughs> and there's no hesitation in using that, that form of violence. So where is the wisdom? Of facing a government that is as violent as that and is proud to use that violence in a violent manner. So for me, I, I'm preaching peace. I'm preaching, pre- preaching peaceful ways of resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that happening. We've seen this flag coming through. We've exactly. seen uh, Tejamuko. We've seen mm-hmm. Beat the Port. We've seen uh, this gown coming up. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more of this. There, there's a new... Um, a citizen that's emerging in Zimbabwe, a citizen that's stronger, that's emboldened, that's younger, that's a bit much more, that's a bit courageous than what we've had in, mm-hmm. the, in the past. And that's to be commended. Mm-hmm. And when we make an advance using those peaceful means, when we get repressed and get uh, 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 tagged and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and arrested, I think that's when our neighbors perhaps ought to stand up and speak up in, in support of what exactly, we do. Yes. And we have seen with this flag, uh, for instance, a uh, number of voices have come across the region to ca- to support what you know what's happening because it's a non-violent m- exactly, uh, means yeah. of saying 36 years of abuse, of corruption, of injustice and poverty. We can't just sit and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for that, Mr. Ngwe. But um, going on to the second point that I'd asked, the um, <clears throat> um, when you were blacklisted yeah. by the SABC, who's um. Um, whose government was that? Whose administration was that in South Africa? And what was the premise? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know. You know, the, the, the people at SABC, I mean, that, that was during President Tawambegi's uh, um, uh, government administration. It was, um, 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 I'm trying to remember this guy who was a uh, news editor at SABC. Uh, you know, there, there was an administration at SABC that was sympathetic uh, to the government in Zimbabwe. Exactly, yes. And uh, they were clearly working hand in hand and mm-hmm. they were, they'd identified certain voices and I was perceived to be uh, one of those voices that should not be given a platform in South Africa via SABC and, and, and they then they put that list. But also it was a list combined with, um, uh, for instance, 
Eleanor Sisulu was in that list as mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, ex-Zimbabwean, but there were other people, South Africans, who were not allowed to, who were put on the black, on the list so that they wouldn't be allowed to come and participate in conversations relating to mm-hmm. South African socio-political, uh, uh, on, ongoings. Um, I, I don't quite understand why that came about, but, um, uh, it was a terrible mistake that they did. We've, we've had that discussion, um, here as well, where we said, I think one of the biggest, Letdowns that we've had from South Africa was Tabombeke, especially during the time that the GNU was formed. Um, yeah, a lot was kept under the table. A lot was kept in drawers. You know, and I remember there was a report that was done where he was prompted by SADC to, as a fact finding mission, uh, in Zimbabwe. And that report never actually came out. So, I mean, it's, it's disappointing. That's when we do say, okay, fine. When the, Southern African community has actually decided to come in and do something. At least let it be done right. Absolutely. Uh, but the unfortunate thing, you know, we speak of solidarity in Africa. Mm. Um, we don't have solidarity as African nations. Our statesmen have solidarity amongst themselves. So, you know, they support each other as individuals and support each other's um, individual, um, individual claims. And it's unfortunate, which is what has led to. I, I think uh, the. <clears throat> Answer to that is the. I mean, there is a perception that the AU is a group of, uh, um, you know, politicians who've got uh, similar interests, and mm-hmm. that they're not going to call each other out should should uh, um, the need arise. Uh, and and I think it's to be expected. You've not mm-hmm. seen, except maybe for Botswana, uh, from time to time speaking mm-hmm. up against Zimbabwe and so forth. There's a tendency to not want to criticize each other exactly. publicly. Yeah. But I think the we, there's another uh, uh, dimension to this, and that is there's a lot of co- collaboration at civil society level. Mm-hmm. And I think at citizen to citizen level, at civil society level, civil uh, movements as it were, that's where we ought to give each other encouragement and um, um, and, 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 and sort of lobbying, mm-hmm. uh, hoping that if I get into trouble in Zimbabwe, there ought to be social movements here that sort of identify with the stuff that uh, I might be doing in Zimbabwe to to raise the voice and the temperature mm-hmm. on the South African mm-hmm. government, Zambia and so forth, to say, but you can't be allowing this kind of thing. Exactly. Happen. So I, I think there is a, a challenge there for us to, to be a bit more savvy and sophisticated in terms of how we lobby for our causes, mm-hmm. how we build alliances for, 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 for our causes. Let's remember that during the liberation struggle, uh, these liberation movements formed alliances. Exactly. And these alliances, you know, resulted in things like, you know, the formation of, uh, the frontline states, mm-hmm. the, the formation of the AU and that, that kind of stuff. So there's, there's a similar interest at the top level there. So we need to, at the grassroots, at the people to people level, have the kind of similar alliances that mirror what happened during the liberation struggle. That is perfect. And with, uh, looking at this flag, and what the recent developments of this flag, which have blown up on social media, which was at first it was the pastor leaving being seen in South Africa. And then, then from there on, it was his move to the United States. What do you take before I even ask any actual questions with some What is your take on everything that has been going on on social media? <clears throat> on, on which particular issue? On his move to the U.S. No. specifically. Well, I, I think he has uh, been called a traitor. You... How can you call <laughs> a man who started a movement a traitor? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the the th- there's something about us Zimbabweans. We we love pull him down. Mm-hmm. Um, we ought to stop and reflect what this man has done for us. This man, hardly four months ago. 
gave us for the first time after a very long time reason to believe in ourselves again. Mm -hmm. He encouraged us to speak up. He made us realize that fear, if you allow it to rule over you, is going to paralyze you. And we started speaking up. Mm -hmm. He also made us realize that the flag belonged to us. And we've reclaimed that flag and it's ours to the extent that now, if you're seen with the flag getting into a cricket match, the police will try and stop you from doing that. So I, I think instead of criticizing the man, <clears throat> let's be grateful for what he's been able to do. He's made a choice to go to the U.S. and continue propagating the message of the movement and, and to the diaspora because there's a lot of people in the diaspora. Exactly. At the last count, there was about in excess of 3 million people in the, in the diaspora. diaspora. Yeah, that's true. Who are not allowed to vote, but who've got an interest. Mm -hmm. The same people that are, in a way, funding the Zimbabwean government through remittances to Zimbabwe. Yes, that's Those very people true. ought to, yes. to, 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 to be given the right to vote. They need to agitate uh, for the right to vote. So I, I, I'm <coughs> saddened when I see the criticism uh, against Pastor Ivan Maori because I think he has made a personal decision that the security of his family the security of him of himself is 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 important, and he, he needs to move to the U.S. But he's not moving to the U.S. just to to be to, on holiday. Exactly, he's yeah. continuing. Mm -hmm. You might have seen his videos. Yes, and that exactly. Kind of stuff. That mm -hmm. message continues. But we love dwelling on the negative. But here is here is the most important thing <clears> for me. The most important thing is Pastor Ivan Maru has said. You need to stand up, and fight for your own freedom. Mm -hmm. You need to stand up and speak up. This flag is about you, it's about me, it's about all of us taking ownership of it and asking ourselves, what is it that I'm doing for my country? Rather than looking up to Pastor Ivan Maureri to free us. We forget that we complain about being ruled by one man for 36 years. Do we want to replace one man by another man? With another man. man. We, we spoke about that as well and we said to ourselves, <laughs> you know what, I think the problem is... <clears throat> uh, there were a lot of individuals within within this flag. I think they, they must have had a, some sort of a committee back home. And it is unfortunate that Pastor Evans' face was the one that was most uh, prominent. Uh, and every movement does need a leader. Mm -hmm. But it was good when he then did say, well, okay, yes, I have started this. But as you have rightfully said now, it is up to all of us to then lead it after Absolutely. that. You know, and uh it is unfortunate. Zimbabweans do want to see one person doing everything well, for them. That's unfortunate <clears throat> because let's not cry foul when, when, that when one person, person takes over. <laughs> when, when another Robert Mugabe is born, when we're trying to get uh, rid of another Robert mm -hmm. Mugabe. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. The, 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 this is what for me is fundamentally important. Zimbabwe needs a new political culture. Yes. And it's a new political culture that says you and I are empowered to stand up and speak out. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wait for a big, strong man to come and no, no, no. liberate our, mm -hmm. ourselves. But what what is exciting for me is that we have seen citizens taking up Pastor Evans Maurice's challenge. We have seen Tajamuka coming up. Yes. We have seen Beat the Pot coming up. Mm -hmm. We have seen this gown coming up. We have seen um um you know other social movements exactly, coming up. Yeah. As a result of what uh, Pastor Evan has done, we have seen Zimbabweans in the diaspora in their multitudes. Chapters of this flag are being formed all across the world in mm -hmm. Canada. In the U.S., in Australia, and the U.K., and so forth, people have taken ownership. 
What this the, this flag is done is simply to distribute what are the values of this flag, mm-hmm. and people knowing what those values are are going ahead and organizing themselves and agitating for the things that are important to them. Because what I might agitate for is Trevor Nube, which might be freedom of expression, press freedom, and so forth, is mm-hmm. different from what somebody who is uh, in a different field altogether is going to uh, agitate for. And all of us collectively standing up and demanding our rights, demanding to be governed properly, agitating for the things that we're passionate about are going to change Zimbabwe. We need a new political culture. We don't need another Robert Mugabe. From there, I mean, and, and that's perfect. Because my, I was going to ask, where do you see the future of Zimbabwe? Where do you see the, the immediate future? And then where do you see us towards 2018? Considering individuals like uh, Joyce Mujuru's uh, People First, we have Tendaiti's uh, People's Democratic uh, Party, then we have uh, Viva AC <laughs> Lumumba. Can I get your personal thoughts on AC Lumumba, Mr. Mubi? <laughs> He's he's a he's a bright young man, mm-hmm. but uh, I was disappointed by um, uh, his uh, the statement that he made as his launch, which mm-hmm. then grabbed the headline and got him into. into it, it was meant to, yeah, yeah. It, but looking, uh, you, you you so you can't want you you cannot replace an abusive, repressive, insulting regime by insulting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, would expect that a young man like AC um, would refashion himself as as as, as a new politician, a new exactly. generation politician. Exactly. We're expecting a generational change, and when a young man stands up to insult an old mm-hmm. man, I, I lose respect for exactly, the young man. exactly. And I, my biggest problem with AC, I've met him on a number of occasions. I know a lot of people who know him were the numerous changes in his life. From name changes at one moment, I used to be um, an intern in the White House. I went to Harvard. And then I think there's just too much. He has too much baggage. Mm. And having come recently out of ZANU-PF, I think he should have taken some time off to really sit down and reinvent himself. Allow us to believe that, you know what, guys, I am actually genuinely a different mm-hmm. individual. I've had genuine concerns with the direction of this party. And now I'm coming to say no, no more of that. And having been on the inside, I will show you what has been done and the mistakes that have been made. Yeah. Uh, politically, where do you see us going? Do you see a transitional um, entity? Do you see this man stepping down? And then there are the talks of uh, multiple um, a coalition mm-hmm. of of parties to prepare for 2018 you know i I think for i'm very optimistic about the medium to long term i'm worried about uh the year uh and the the near term Mm -hmm. um i I see a lot of of turbulence um in the next uh six uh, to nine months 12 months 15 months before the elections in 2018 Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, there's going to be a lot of ruptures between in, inside ZANU-PF itself, yes. um, and the fighting in ZANU-PF itself could turn very dangerous and could, t- mm-hmm. could turn violent. I don't rule out assassinations of some sort because mm-hmm. the, the the 
the stakes are very high mm-hmm. and the temperature is very high yes. amongst those that are, are contesting for, for, for. And party. it wouldn't be the first time that they've killed each other no, amongst each other. Yeah, they, that's been the name of the game in Zambia, in, in Mozambique. And, mm-hmm. and indeed it's, it's continued in, uh, uh, in post-independent Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. I mean, who killed uh, Rex Nongo? We don't know. Exactly. Rex Nongo, but mm-hmm. clearly it was an assassination. Mm-hmm. So I fear that kind of instability taking, taking place. And that in itself might, uh, um, affect uh, you know, the stability of the state because you're talking about the military being divided. You're talking about the intelligence being divided mm-hmm. along the factions that, uh, exactly. uh, that around Grace Mugabe, that around, uh, the, 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 the other camp. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, the division, uh, within the, the opposition political party. I'm encouraged to see the efforts to try and build a, a, a coalition. Yes. Uh, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. My only criticism is it's, it's coalition around individuals. It's not coalition around principles yes. and values. Yes. Um, so we're coalescing. What are we coalescing <laughs> around? We're coalescing around individuals. I think mm. for me, and, and coalescing around one thing, we want Robert Mugabe to go, but what are, what, what do we want to replace him with? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's, that, those are important things. That's where my, my passion for a new political culture beca- comes into, into place. Um, the, then, the, then there's the, the, the uh, the social movements that are taking place, this flag and everything else. I think those movements are going to uh, demand accountability for anybody that is in politics. We're not going to make the same mistakes that we made. We with shouldn't Zanukia allow. We shouldn't again, allow that as citizens. And yes. Which is why the issue about we we should not replace another Robert Mugabe with another one. Mm-hmm. Then there comes an, another issue that says, you know, we are such a broken society. Um, infrastructure is broken. Is broken. Uh, state institutions are broken. Do we just have an election and somebody takes, uh, wins election and carries on and carries on and does what? Which is why some of us have been, you know, trying to agitate for, uh, a national transitional mechanism Mm -hmm. whereby they, there's a, we have a transitional, uh, space that allows for us to deal with the issues. Exactly. The the day to day bread and butter issues that people are, yeah. Not, not even that. I mean, we, we need a new constitution. We need Mm -hmm. the new electoral laws. I mean, how do we get into an election? The voters role. Voters role. All that kind of stuff. So this is a total mess. That requires some form of national conversation, mm-hmm. some form of reflection, if we are to arrive at a new Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Because in allowing ZANU-PF to win the elections, it means it's just going to be business as usual. Exactly. I'm not so sure that if the coalition that is going to come out of these people, if they got in, they would change some of these things. Mm-hmm. The, the tendency with politicians is once you give them instruments that empower them for them to want to dilute that it, 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 would not, it does not make sense yeah, politically absolutely. for them <clears throat> so we, we 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 didn't see for instance mdc when they came in for them agitating and actually coming with, with um, uh, a parliamentary program mm-hmm. that would result in some of these laws being diluted we we must remember that uh, some of the laws that uh, robert Mugabe is using right now are ian smith laws exactly yes <laughs> Ian, Robert Mugabe and his and his mm. friends went to fight this war that and 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 contributed to liberating us. Mm-hmm. They come in and they use the same laws that Ian Smith as used you said. Us. I mean, if they empower them, then what's well, the exactly. point of changing them? So you, to to your question, you know, I, I see instability, but I would be surprised uh, even if ZANU PF rigged, even with the current rules, that ZANU PF would win the next election. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. For it's them. going to be painful. Mm-hmm. Zanu PF is one tool in their toolbox, and that is violence. That's it. 
they will deploy it against the people. But my sense is that the people might be brutalized, might be assaulted, but inside people know what they want. Mm-hmm. People are fed up of ZANU-PF. This is probably, yeah. New. I think there has been a resurrection as Zimbabweans. I've never seen this before. I'm, I was only born in 1986, but <laughs> this was, it was surprising. Uh, one of the most beautiful things that I saw was Tudor Bismarck amongst 3,000 people right outside of court when uh, Pastor Evan was was being released. Zimbabweans, I've, I've always seen fear. I was with Zimbabwe Lawyers for Human Rights uh, after uh, high school and then after university. And we saw a lot of these things. You know, we were arrested on multiple occasions. Uh, and people, our friends would be like, ah, but why? <clears throat> but now everyone has said to themselves, no, no, enough is enough. Maybe because the money is not there. Maybe because opportunities are not there. But it's, it's definitely a very different and epic stage of, of our history as Zimbabweans. And, and Pastor Evan has managed to. Absolutely. <laughs> to and that's what we should be doing. You know, for me, <clears throat> I've been at this now f- since 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the forefront. I was in the forefront of stopping a one party state, one man rule in mm-hmm. Zimbabwe. Uh, so it's a struggle that I've seen since 1989. I've been arrested. I've been harassed. I've had my passport taken away, my citizenship taken mm-hmm. away. But because I believe passionately in, in a Zimbabwe that is free, in a country that we, we work for our children and our children follow their dreams, at the moment, what Zimbabwean has a dream? Mm-hmm. What Zimbabwean is an opportunity mm-hmm. to follow their dreams? So Pastor even has, has suddenly made us realize that it's possible to stand up and speak up. But the manner in which the government has, re- has reacted, you know, says to ourselves, there was Itai Zamara the other day. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And when that happened to Itai Zamara, some people are saying, ah, anga, anga shinyanya, exactly. what was he and, doing? And we, we spoke about it with, uh, with the boys from Tajamuga here yeah. on the show. And we said, you know, Zimbabwe failed Itai Zamara's family and Itai Zamara himself. Yeah. You know, I mean, there would needed to be some sort of support or uh, an outrage to say, guys, how does a man mm. just go missing? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's been that. I think we we are selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are cowards. That is true. Uh, we we don't support each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very good at criticizing each other, but it's because of the way we've been raised as as a society. Mm-hmm. Our role models have. If Robert Mugabe is a role model, <laughs> if Jonathan Boy is a role <laughs> model, you know, um, they insult. Uh, they do all sorts of things. We have not, as a nation, um, focused on building individuals, building societies, mm-hmm. building institutions. You build a country, you build a society by building an individual. Exactly. But what we've mm-hmm. seen happening is the individual gets torn down, the individual gets brutalized, and people lose confidence, which is mm-hmm. why when people see you t- talking politics, they say, but why are you doing it? Exactly. Why do you do other yes. things? Mm-hmm. Not realizing that there's a connection. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Nube, to conclude, uh, as you were rightfully saying, you know, speaking about development of the youth and, you know, development of conversation to build the nation. Uh, we've seen you very active on social media, especially Twitter. You've been engaging the youth a lot and uh, it's in its own right, a form of mentorship. Uh, where do you see that going? Where do you see the youth of Zimbabwe taking their country? And what role would you like to play in, in assisting? Well, I, I think um, for me, for Zimbabwe to move forward, we need to give space for 
the people that will spend more time in the Zimbabwe that we're trying to build. Mm. I, this is an opportunity for a generational change. This is an opportunity for the millennials to, to take over, mm-hmm. to begin calling the tune and not to stand on the sidelines. This is an opportunity to see the millennials getting involved in politics in, and indeed in all facets of, facets of our lives rather than being spectators. Mm-hmm. And for them to realize that nobody's going to come from heaven to empower them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to empower them themselves. themselves. Mm. They've got to empower themselves. And this is what this flag has been preaching. You, you've got to empower the people. This thing that you've got to wait for seeds uh, and fertilizer from ZANU-PF is mm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. You've got to go work out and your and and your 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 keep and buy your seed and buy your fertilizer. Exactly. I'm 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 very passionate about the young people because the young people are the future of Zimbabwe. Um, educating the young people, and it breaks my heart when I see where Zimbabwe is at the present moment. When I see amazing young people who could be doing huge things, mm-hmm. but who are totally disempowered by the environment, mm-hmm. the economic environment. You get up in the morning, there's no power. You have no water. Water. Um, you transport is a problem. And how do you become creative mm-hmm. in an environment where we live in a knowledge world, knowledge economy? How do you become creative when the, you worry about the basics? Mm-hmm. The people who built Google and Twitter have done so because the basics are taken care of. Exactly. But if I'm going to worry about where Am I going to get the generator, electricity, mm-hmm. water, and, and that kind of stuff? You can't be creative. You know, yeah. you're worrying mm-hmm. about portals and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You cannot be creative. This is, for me, the biggest crime that ZANPF has committed, blowing away the dreams mm-hmm. of millions of young people. There's no hope. People wake up to no hope, Absolutely. no aspirations. Absolutely. But that's changing. <clears throat> I think this flag has made people begin to love the country again. Mm-hmm begin to make people dream again and hope again. And I, I, it's sad if people get fixated on the fact that the pastor has moved to the States. He's mm-hmm. coming back. He's going to come back. But let's not focus on the man. Let's focus on the vision mm-hmm. and the mission that he set us up for us. I think that is that is definitely true. Thank you so much, Mr. Ngobe. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, pleasure being on the show. Uh, your mentorship is appreciated. Please continue the struggle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do not disappear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Zim Conversations, CliffCentral.com. We had another amazing episode with the media professional Trevor Ngobe. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Trevor Ngobe. At Trevor Ngube. That's the Mail and Guardian Media Group, South Africa and AMH Zimbabwe. Till next time, cliffcentral.com. We're out. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.